Friday morning lights. Long fly ball to center. Going, going, gone! No! Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the September 2023 edition of Friday Morning Lights. Ryland Turner here, joined, as always, by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about some of this stuff. This is this is going to be an interesting one. We've got a few interesting stories to talk about here. Certainly, certainly. And we are going to uh, kick that off by talking about what we talked or what we said we were going to talk about on the last podcast the women's world cup has come and gone kyle tell me about this thing man so the women's world cup has come to an end and we'll start with the beginning because i think that's that's sort of the most interesting or i sorry we'll start with the end i should say because i think that's the most interesting and our we have a new champion spain has won their first women's world cup in an upset to say the least, they came through a bunch of upsets, but upsetting England in the final to win the championship, which proves that even in uh, women's World Cups, it's not coming home. Um, Spain has really risen up the ranks. They came into this tournament ranked sixth, which is, I think, pretty close to an all-time high for them. And... Their national team is no joke at this point, and clearly they proved it. They ended up being uh, really, really great. And now, after the tournament, they have moved up to second in the world, which is, uh, yes, an all-time high. And it's exciting to see them soaring higher than I think anybody expected. Beating Sweden was a huge upset in the semifinal. I think Sweden was considered after the United States was eliminated and after uh, Japan was eliminated. I think Sweden was sort of a big favorite, but good on Spain managing to pull off that two, one win. And then uh one nil in the final over England, they just looked very good throughout the tournament. Um, and it was impressive to see. North American teams much less so in this tournament. Canada got bounced in the group stage, taking a 4-0 shellacking to Australia. Tournament was in Australia, but even still, I think that was going to be a big disappointment. We talked at length last time about the whole situation with the women's team and Canada's Canada soccer and the mess that we were going on with that, that still is not in a better place, but I think it did serve to be a bit of a distraction, but Canada, unfortunately not able to get it done. The United States was in a tough group and they managed a pair of draws only pulling a victory over Vietnam in the group stage to finish second in their group, which I think caught a lot of people by surprise. And then they were immediately eliminated by a powerhouse Swedish team. And it wasn't penalties. It was a very close match, obviously, between those two. Not really surprising. We've seen these two go to battle before. But 
because I believe it's Megan Rapinoe's um, final match for the national team. It's a disappointing way for her to go out. And the United States national team obviously had higher expectations than that, but congratulations to Spain. That was a very impressive victory, a very impressive run, and yeah, they are the champions. Well, I'm, I'm happy that you caught me up on that because because uh, that was uh, something that I wasn't able to view as much as I wanted to. I think I got real excited in the beginning and just work just took over. And uh, uh, yeah, but moving forward, Kyle, I, a very, very interesting story broke uh, involving Michael Ower. And, and uh, why don't you tell me a little bit more about that? Oh, boy. So right now, there's only so much that can be said that because we're still sort of waiting to figure out where everything is going to fall with regards to Michael Orr and the two-way family. Or, as it turns out, was so he was famously uh, portrayed in the movie The Blind Side and uh, was written about in a book by Michael Lewis. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, Michael Lewis also wrote uh, The Big Short. He also wrote Moneyball. Big deal writer. Apparently uh, was a friend of the patriarch of the Tui family, which was a contributing factor to him writing the story. And so Orr believed, he made a legal filing uh, against the Tuis, basically believing that he was going to be adopted into their family, but was instead kept in a conservatorship, which... That's a word that immediately raises some red flags uh, based on the whole situation with Britney Spears that happened for quite a while. So, or as it turns out, was in this conservatorship, he was not able to control his own own finances in that regard. Uh, He didn't have final decision-making power on a lot of that stuff. It's very rare for a... Um, a person in his position, like uh, for for a an adult who is you know fully cognitively functioning, to be put in a conservatorship. The whole situation is very bizarre. The Tuies and their lawyers came back and made claims against Orr, saying that he was trying to extort them for money and that they didn't need his money because they had their own. The story is still developing. Very messy, very public, and yeah, Michael Orr has, to say he's had a tough life obviously is an understatement, but even beyond that, he passed the point where he thought he was in a, in a better situation, I think. he. It turns out that it didn't really work out that way, and everyone seems to be doing really well through this whole situation, except for him. He seems very frustrated with the whole endeavor. And I don't blame him. It still baffles me that that movie came out while he was still in the NFL. I think it came out out in his draft year, which I can't imagine. Uh, Yeah, so it was his rookie season. He was drafted in the, the 2009 NFL draft. And the movie came out November of 2009. 
they had the, the final image of him being drafted. That had only just happened, um, you know, half a year before. But we will see what happens going forward. It's a very upsetting story. And yeah, time will tell. There's still an ongoing, the, this stuff is still in the courts and very much ongoing. So we can move on, I guess. Uh, what's the next story we've got? I believe it's. I believe we're, we're moved on to our NFL preview, unless I'm forgetting something. I think you are correct in that. It's time to talk about some football. Um, so are you excited for the upcoming NFL season? I mean, like, I'm as excited as I'm going to be. <laughs> like, football is not my sport, but I have a couple teams that I really do enjoy, a couple players that I really enjoy watching. Um, the NFL season is always kind of exciting, right? Because it leads up to, you know, the biggest concert of the year at the end. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, it, you know, yeah, I, I would say that my anticipation is right where it always is, you know, medium. Super Bowl this year is in Las Vegas. And, and Taylor Swift has already turned down that Super Bowl. Yeah. And not super surprised. I'm interested to see who they're going to get for the Super Bowl halftime show, but we're still a ways away from figuring that whole thing out. I think this is going to be a very, very interesting season in the NFL, but we'll get into it because I think going through these division by division, I think will lead us down some interesting paths with this. And I don't want to talk about them for too long, so let's start in the AFC West. Let's just get that over with. Okay, all right. That's that's a great move, Kyle. Uh, in the AFC West, let's start with, by talking about the Broncos. Broncos country, let's ride. So the Broncos are going out on a limb. They didn't make a ton of big moves in the offseason with regards to their roster. But they did make one particularly big move with regards to their uh, their personnel. And they had fired their coach, who that didn't go well last season, to say the least. Did not go the way that they wanted. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett ended up getting fired uh, middle of the season. And Russell Wilson looked like a shell of his former self. And they are hoping that Sean Payton is going to be the person who's going to be able to solve all that. When lost, we saw Sean Payton. He was the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, the longtime head coach of the New Orleans Saints. His last season was the 2021 season, took last year off. I mean, his record is very strong. Let's be clear. His worst season since he started in New Orleans in 2006 was he had a series of seven and nine years. That was as, as low as it got for Sean Payton. Won a Super Bowl with them, obviously. That was a while ago, obviously, in 2009. But had a lot of success with an, uh, an aging quarterback. In Drew Brees, I think the Broncos are hoping that that is going to be by itself a big fix towards their 
ascension return to a decent state in in the division we'll see what happens with them i still think there's some question marks on the rest of their team the receiving core is still sort of up in the air and there's news that jerry judy is already hurt which is not a good start to their season but the biggest thing is obviously going to be can russell wilson return to the type of player that they expected russell wilson to be barring that this could be a long season for them that's a good point. Uh, moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if I need to talk for very long about the Chiefs. They were the champions, and Patrick Mahomes is still employed by them. Like, until that's not <laughs> the case. He's a stud. He's a stud. Until that's not the case, it's going to be hard for me to say that they're anything less than, you know, a strong contender. There are questions about the rest of the roster, and there's going to be roster construction issues when you're paying Patrick Mahomes what you're paying him. But you pay Patrick Mahomes what you pay him because he's worth it. We'll see what happens with the rest of this team, whether the receiving core is able to continue to be you know, productive enough, whether or not uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can slide in and continue to be that running uh, that star running back that they kind of want him to become, whether the offensive line is going to be able to continue to stay strong in front of Mahomes. But yeah, the big thing is that they still have Patrick Mahomes and they still have Andy Reid. And, you know, I don't know that they need too, too much else. They still put Chris Jones on in defense too. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of good pieces there. Uh, your boys, the Raiders. Boy, oh boy. This could be a rough year. They still have. We'll talk about <laughs> you guys positives. say it's the beginning of every year. Every year you guys say that. Ah, uh, it's, it's every it's true. We'll talk about the positives first. Um, their receiving core is pretty good. Devontae Adams is an excellent receiver, and I think Hunter Renfro is a solid number two option. Austin Hooper is a, a pretty good tight end to add to the room. Their offensive line is not bad. It's not the juggernaut that it was, you know, some five years ago. But And there are defensive pieces that are improving. This is a defense that is getting better. And I'm out of positives. I guess, no, Daniel Carlson is an excellent kicker. The running back broom, unless Josh Jacobs is returning, which he still hasn't, then that is a huge hole that they are not going to be able to deal with very well. And Jimmy Garoppolo is coming in as their quarterback, and his proponents will say that ever he's gone, he is a winner. He's a winner who wins. Yeah, he played for the Patriots and the 49ers, who had the best rosters in the league at the time where he was playing. The Raiders don't have that. They're going to be relying on Jimmy G. He has never proven himself to be as good as Derek Carr. And Derek Carr last year led them to 6-11. This could be rough. Kansas City is still good. The Chargers are still good. The Broncos can go nowhere but up. And our coach is still uh, it's still Josh McDaniels so like yeah I'm not super excited uh, I guess I, I'm guessing you don't have much more to say about the Chargers besides they're good there's not much too much more to say 
this needs to be that Ju- uh, Justin Herbert has, doesn't have to do it alone. Khalil Mack, adding him to this defense, they did last year. I think that was a big hit for them. I think he had something to the pass rush alongside Joey Bosa. That I think that is a, a force to be reckoned with. I think they've got a pretty good secondary led by an excellent corner, or sorry, an excellent safety in Derwin James. And I like their receivers when they're on the field. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen are both very good. Austin Eckler is a good pass catcher out of the backfield. But they really need to step up for Justin Herbert because he cannot lead them to the promised land alone. Kyle, we're moving uh, alongside to the uh, AFC East. Um, you got to tell me who the frauds are in the AFC East. We'll start with the Bills. I'm not going to say the Bills are frauds. They're still a strong unit. They st- it, there, you know, there are concerns about some tension between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, and they need those two to be on the same page. Andy Isabella... They've brought in, I believe, um, as their new sort of help receiver for them. I do think it's going to add something. I like their defense still a lot. And I think they're, they're still a pretty well coached team. I do still think that they missed their, their old coordinator, but the, uh, there's not too much to say about this team. They need to. They have high expectations. It's another Super Bowl or bust year, and Josh Allen, that's a lot of pressure. But he's been good so to this point. We'll see if he continues. And frankly, I still think the Bills are the class of the division. Moving on to the Dolphins. I mean, it's it's to call the Dolphins frauds is kind of you know not even really fun at this point. And I'm not gonna do that. I want them to succeed, frankly. I, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are explosively fast in a very, very impressive way. I think that adding Mike White, I think, does help for their quarterback room just to ensure that they have a baseline. I think he was a pretty like a pretty good baseline for the Jets. Tua needs to it's gonna come down to whether or not Tua can perform. They've spent money, they went out and got added people. Um, they added to their defense, like, I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough thing for the Dolphins because they have such high expectations that they have not been able to meet up to this point. We'll see what happens, but I have decidedly mixed feelings, let's say. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, Moving on to the Patriots. The Patriots want to be getting better, but I don't know that they are. I'm still not sure what the situation is with them at this point in terms of their quarterback room. They seem to be leaning towards Bailey Zappi over Mac Jones. I don't know what the right answer is. I do think adding Ezekiel Elliott is a classic Bill Belichick move, and I think that he'll prove to be more productive than people expect him to be. The offensive line is not bad by any stretch, and the defense is fine. They're they're going to be well coached, but right now they're still 
relying on some pretty mediocre quarterback play and that receivers room while better, you know, Juju Smith Schuster and Devontae Parker are not bad receivers. I still don't know if it's going to be enough. There's not, there currently aren't enough horses on the new England Patriots to be able to lead them unless Ezekiel Elliott or, um, J. Stevenson have breakout season running the ball. This has a look of another average year, and that's not the expectation in New England, basically ever. This one's the most interesting to me, uh, I think, in the AFC. Um, the New York Jets. They took a swing. They went out, made a trade. They got Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of pieces on this team that look very good. They added Dalvin Cook uh, to a running back room that already includes Brees Hall, who was on his way to an excellent season before he got hurt last year. They added Randall Cobb for familiarity. They already have some decent receivers, um, though I do think the receiving room, we'll see if Garrett Wilson and Michael Hardman can sort of step up. Alan Lazard's there. They've got a lot of names. It just, we'll see if, um, I think Wilson's probably the most likely to be sort of the breakout candidate. The offensive line is not great, but, you know, they've got some decent pieces. They have high expectations for Mecky Becton. And the defense has proved last year to be quite good. The secondary in particular, Sauce Gardner and Bryce Hall are an excellent quarterback cornerback pairing. We'll see what happens with them. I, I Is Aaron Rodgers still going to be able to perform at that highest level? I don't know. And this team is kind of all in for this year now. So... We'll see. I think they're still, I think they would just be competitive. I just think this division is tougher than maybe one move is necessarily going to make. They thought they were a quarterback away from, you know, contending, making the playoffs. We'll see if that's the case. They certainly have better quarterback play this year than they, than they had the tire fire they had last year. Uh, moving on to the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. He is. They retained him, paid him the bag. They went out and added Odell Beckham Jr. They, which is, I think, I like. I, I want to say, like, that was a good move by the Ravens. I'm very excited for that pairing. They drafted Zay Flowers in the first round. They want to give Lamar Jackson the weapons that are going to allow him to be, you know, the kind of quarterback that they expect him to be and the kind of quarterback they need him to be. Uh, they added Melvin Gordon, who I think is a, a solid veteran presence in the running back room. The defense was always pretty good. Like, I don't think this is a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. I think they have very, very high expectations. I think that... I think Lamar Jackson is due for a bounce back. I think they're going to have a pretty strong season, but the expectations for Baltimore are always still very high, and it's kind of a make-or-break year for um, for Harbaugh, their coach. If John Harbaugh doesn't have – if they don't make the playoffs again, if they're struggling this season, that might be – like they did make the playoffs last year, but if they miss it, uh, it might be all she wrote for, for John Harbaugh. So we'll see what happens. Kyle, talk to me about the Cincinnati Bengals. High expectations. I think there might be a regression due here. 
don't get me wrong. Joe Burrow is a fantastic quarterback. Jamar Chase is a fantastic receiver. Joe Mixon is a fantastic running back. The offense is very good. The defense is pretty good. I like some of the players in that defense, but something about this to me feels like we're going to continue to pump the tires on a team that they're, they're in a tough division still. And they're ask, going to be asking a lot of Joe Burrow yet again. And he's been able to deliver at this point, and that receiver's room is still very, very excellent. I, I mentioned Chase, but I didn't mention you know T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, who are both also excellent. But I think the defense is kind of just okay, and if the defense is kind of just okay, kind of similar situation to Kansas City, is how many points can you expect the offense to put up to continue to do it? And the difference to me, as is just me personally, is I don't think that the Bengals have the kind of structure and coaching uh, that the uh, that um, Kansas City does. But again, I still think the North, I still think they're the favorites in the North, but I think this year's going to be tougher. Okay. All right. I, I, you know, I, lo- I would like to see somebody else compete with them at the same level because the Bengals have been fun to watch for the last couple of seasons now. So, like, I would like to see somebody, you know, actually really compete with them, uh, aside from, of course, the Bills. Um, the Browns, Kyle. Cleveland Browns. Boy, they looked like frauds last year. <laughs> Start with the positives. Miles Garrett is a one-man wrecking machine. And the Browns, yeah, he's pretty dominant. And the Browns have some other good pieces, obviously, the question they got Nick Chubb, who's an amazing running back. I still think Amari Cooper is a solid receiver and Marquise Goodwin as well. They've got a, a good receivers room. You know, the offense seems to be in a good place. The question is now the pressure's on. Deshaun Watson, there's no suspension, there's no excuses. You got the full training camp. Can he I think this team? brought him in under the expectation that he was going to return to being the guy that he was before he left. Just as a reminder, on a 4-12 and Houston team, he threw for 4,823 yards with 70% completion, 33 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. Oh, and by the way, he also ran for 444 yards. That's the Deshaun Watson they, they paid for. Is that the Deshaun Watson they're going to get? Because they sure didn't get him last year. And if he's more similar to last year's Deshaun Watson than he is this year, this could be a long road for Cleveland because they went all in on him. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers keep being better than I think anyone expects them to be. There are some absolutely amazing pieces. I think the defense is a little bit um, hit or miss. But in terms of some of the players on it, Cameron Hayward is still a beast up the middle. 
TJ Watt, when he's healthy, might be the best defensive player in the league. Mika Fitzpatrick is gunning for that position too. I think he's he's proving himself to be one of the better safeties in the league. They've added a couple pieces there. There's still some tinkering going around. They hoping that they're getting a, another or a bigger performance out of Najee Harris in the backfield. The receiving group still looks a little bit all over the place to me. And is Kenny Pickett the guy? They're saying, going to the season, basically saying, you know, Kenny Pickett is going to be the quarterback. Can he rise to that occasion? Can he rise to that next level? I think there's high expectations. I still do like Mike Tomlin, but I'm starting to wonder if it might be time for them to bring in somebody else. Don't get me wrong. I think Tomlin would be snapped up immediately by some other team. But when they brought in another offensive lineman to try to help, They've given Kenny Pickett some pieces. The receiving court could use to be better, and I do think they need to go out and spend a little bit of time on that. But we will see if he can rise to the occasion. If he actually does prove to be, you know, a, a very, very good quarterback like they kind of want him to be, then, yeah, they they were pretty good last year for a team that didn't feel like they belonged. So. I mean, if that's the floor, this team could be dangerous. Nine and eight out of that squad was a miracle last year. Kyle, we're moving on to the AFC South. Uh, The Texans. Do we have to? Um, (laughs) Yeah, we got to talk about the Jags, bro. The Jags. Trevor Lawrence. uh, The Texans drafted the number. The Texans drafted at two and three. They went out and signed some players to go along with the you know big names that they're going out on this thing with. They drafted Will Anderson to be their sort of linebacker of the future, and more importantly, too, they drafted C.J. Stroud to be their quarterback of the future. This is a team that wouldn't be surprising to me if C.J. Stroud was the starter day one. They do have Case Keenum and Davis Mills who can you know have started. They can hold down the fort temporarily. But the expectations are going to be pretty high on Stroud whenever it is he does start. And this team was real bad last year. They did go out and, you know, they had some free agency money. They were able to spend. They added to the roster. It's a new coaching staff, too. They believe in D'Amico Ryans. Which, D'Amico Ryans, you know... You know you're starting to get old when you like vividly remember the people who uh the coaches who are now playing. D'Amico Ryans was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. He was a longtime linebacker for the Texans. Kind of one of their better defensive players on a defense that was pretty good at one point. We'll see what happens with them. I think that there's going to be pretty high expectation, or there's going to be high expectations on Stroud. But I think the key for this season for the Texans is if Stroud develops, that's a successful season. If things are moving in the right direction, that's a successful season for them. The Titans. (laughs) That sounds like a fraud. Yeah. I mean, they proved themselves to be frauds last year. Calling them frauds is kind of... What would the point be? 
Um, they went seven and ten last year, which they had playoff expectations, especially in this tire fire of a division, and they underachieved in every possible way. Now they did go out and make some some additions. DeAndre Hopkins for that receiving core. Is DeAndre Hopkins the player that we were talking about from, you know, four years ago? No, but he's still very, very good. I think that is a very good addition. He only played uh, but so much the last couple of seasons, but when he did, he was still productive. The question is going to be, is Ryan Tannehill going to continue to be the quarterback? Are we going to start to see them move towards? They did draft Will Levis in the second round. They, I think they're thinking of him as a potential buy low dude for the future. Derrick Henry, man, he's he's got some of those city miles on him now. <laughs> he he's still. An excellent, excellent running back. He's led the league in carries three of the last four years, and he would have if he didn't get hurt uh, two years ago. He's still going to be productive, certainly, but can you continue to ask him to be at that high, high level that they really do need him to be at because he sort of runs this offense uh, in order to succeed? This is another team that I think... If things go wrong, I do think we're it's the beginning of the end for Mike Frabel, but their head coach, another guy who I remember playing. But yeah, I don't I don't know that I can I don't know that I can sign off on them. Like I don't want to call them frauds because again they were seven and ten, but I just don't think I don't think these additions are going to be pushing them in the right direction, which means that it might be another a long few years for Tennessee. And that's unfortunate because if I'm mistaken, they're currently in stadium build find mode, so we'll see. Ooh, ooh, that's never a good mode to be in. Uh, the Colts. Ooh, yeah. The Colts were in free fall last year. They hired Jeff Saturday, speaking of guys I remember playing, as their... Jesus Christ. Yeah. They hired Jeff Saturday in a very bizarre move because he had never coached at the high level before. Now they've got their coach of the future. Um, Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator last year. Very, the very young, uh, Steve Steichen. Steichen? I don't know. Uh, Steichen, yes. Uh, Steve Steichen, the, he's 38. He's now gone from the offensive coordinator job. Uh, he was an offensive coordinator for a couple of years, uh, one year in for the Chargers and then a couple for the Eagles. Seemed to find some success. And now he is going to be given the keys and a brand shiny new Anthony Richardson. And if this you guy, did not. This, this guy looks like a fucking like Spartan warrior. Like I would be terrified to be coached by this guy. I had, I had to look him up with that last name. My God. Um, Anthony Richardson is a fascinating player because he ran a four four three forty. Hit a vertical leap of forty point five, which is you know an absurd vertical leap. Was doing 
amazingly athletic things. He's 6'4", 240. This is not a little guy running 4'4", 440. That is a big dude. And he is blazing fast. And he's the quarterback. They're giving him the reins day one. He started one full season at Florida last year. And that's enough that they're going to give him the reins. It's... For one, Jonathan Taylor doesn't look like he's going to be returning to the team, which if that's the case, that is a disaster because this offense really, really badly needs Jonathan Taylor and needs an elite feature back to take some of the pressure off of Richardson. I think Michael Pittman's a solid receiver, but you're asking a lot of this receiving core. And again, Quentin Nelson and the offensive line had a bit of a step down last year. They need to return to form as well because they're going to be protecting a quarterback that is now the quarterback of the future. I think they already named Richardson the starter week one, which was surprising because they have Gardner Minshew, who, don't get me wrong, Anthony Richardson is the quarterback of the future. They drafted him fourth overall. But Gardner Minshew might be the guy to hold things down for a little bit while he gets uh, his feet underneath him. But nope, Uh, Richardson's going out there and sink or swim. Good luck, buddy. Uh, It's going to be a tough one. And... (sighs) Could this team compete in the division? Yeah, because anybody can compete in this division. But yeah, we'll see. I think I think the it's basically come down again. It's a similar situation to a lot of the other teams that drafted quarterbacks. Does Anthony Richardson progress? If he looks the part and he's starting to progress in the right way, then that's a victory for them. And Kyle, the Jags, the Jags. So, first of all, shout out, uh, currently on their team, trying to win the, ideally the backup role at quarterback is Victoria BC's own Nathan Rourke, who had an excellent, um, run in the CFL, uh, becoming the most outstanding Canadian last year passing for almost 80% completion. And, and it's the CFL, but still that's, that's very, very impressive. Um, so he's going to be competing for that backup role, but this team is about Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be about Trevor Lawrence. They need Trevor Lawrence to perform. They added some by low candidates, a receiver, Calvin Ridley, who's back from a tumultuous 2022, where he was suspended for betting on games. He has been reinstated. He will be getting a chance. The Jags, uh, they, they have Christian Kirk in that receiving core as well. There are some pieces here. This is not the Jaguars that are the Saxonville of old, but still have Josh Allen pass rushing, who is very, very good. The offensive line is improving. Just Trevor Lawrence... Started the year looking a little bit shaky, but really did settle into his own last year as, and you really did start to see the the glimpses that this guy is the quarterback of the future, which is what they were expecting him to be. And yeah, we'll see what happens. He's, he's going to have a lot of pressure on his shoulders, but he seemed to deliver last year. 
the big thing is they need to keep he's already been sacked 59 times so far in his career they do need to keep those sacks down a little bit yeah definitely definitely that that kid looks like he's one sack away from that career being over so definitely surround him with some giant men please i i i i when it comes to the jags dude like I'm legitimately excited for the future of that team and because I do think that he is going to be one of those quarterbacks that we look back on and go, he was great. Uh, I, 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 I got that feeling about this kid. So hopefully he, he turns out uh, all right. Moving over, though, Kyle, to the NFC. Let's start in the East. Let's start with them Cowboys. Cowboys actually literally today just traded a four as we're recording this uh we will be in the past by the time where you listen to this but traded for Trey Lance with for a fourth round pick I feel bad for Trey Lance who didn't really get a fair shake and now he's stuck behind uh Dak Prescott competing for that backup job we'll see how that goes yeah the Cowboys there's still pieces there's still strong pieces here um CD Lamb they still believe in as the number one receiver. Obviously, Dak is an excellent quarterback. Nobody's going to doubt that. Uh, Tony Pollard is proving himself to be a solid feature back, and Ronald Jones, a solid backup to have there. This offensive line is still very good. They're getting older. Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. Tyron Smith, I think at this point, has already punched his ticket into uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's certainly moved in that direction. So... We'll see if he's able to sustain it, uh, continue to sustain the uh, the high-level production that they're going to ask of him. But And the defense, I, I like a lot of the pieces on the defense. Demarcus Lawrence is still here. He's still strong. Uh, Micah Parsons is a, a wrecking machine. And, yeah, they've got some other guys who I, I am a fan of. Just, the, I mean, the team's going to go as far as Dak is going to allow them to go. And... It's high expectations that they have on, on Dak Prescott. So we'll see if he can deliver in that in that high way. So far, he has been able to, but this is a team that isn't just looking to succeed in the regular season. So it's going to come down to how well they do in the playoffs. The New York Giants. I'm going to call frauds on this one. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. All we have to do is move over to the NFC. Now... Don't get me wrong. Forgive me if because there's there's a chance that this this prediction backfires. I like some of the players on this team. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is an excellent pass rusher on the defense, and the defense has some solid pieces on it as well. Uh, I think Darren Waller is not the tight end that he was in Vegas, but if he can stay healthy and get back onto the field. Still could be something here. So I think they're hoping for that. The receiving core is is, you know, it's it's got some it's got some guys. This offense comes down to how far Saquon Barkley is going to drag them. And the concern for Saquon Barkley is and has always been, can he stay on the field? Last year he was able to, and they had a lot of success running <clears throat> running with him. They still not enough that they're willing to actually pay him because why would you pay a running back even if he is the fixture of this franchise? Instead, they gave Daniel Jones the bag at quarterback, and I still don't see it. Uh, like he definitely had a better season than he's had in, in years past, but 
he is the quarterback of a team that is their best player or their best player on offense is a running back. If they're able to rely on Saquon, they could continue to be successful. I do think some of the other teams in this division are going to be stronger than they were last year. And I think that starts to push down the Giants a little bit, who took advantage of a weekend NFC to be able to make the playoffs last year. We'll see what happens this year. The Philadelphia Eagles. I do believe it is possible that we could see a bit of a regression in Jalen Hurts. He lost his offensive coordinator, as I mentioned. The offensive coordinator went to take a head coaching job. But this team is still really strong all over the place. And, and, and I disagree I disagree with you about Hertz. I don't think that this is going to be the year of regression. I think that this is going to be one of those teams chomping at the bit for the Super Bowl. Oh, well, here's what I will say. For a team to make the Super Bowl and then add Jalen Carter, who for a time might have been considered the best player in this draft class for him to fall to nine, it was surprising to me. But if he turns out to be what they expect him to be, to go with the rest of that defense that's already quite good, yeah, I mean, the Eagles could be good return. I mean, they they were in the Super Bowl last year. They're obviously very talented and didn't really lose a lot. But the big thing is Jalen Hurts did rise very, very steeply from one year to another. There is the potential that we might see a little bit of regression, but you know, he was successful last year. Everyone, everyone, uh, there's, you know, there's big things that were put on him. The expectations are going to be high. And now that he got paid, now it's going to be, you know, really on him to continue to be that guy, play at that level. And it's possible that he's going to be able to do that. But I do, I have some questions, certainly. I think this team did maybe overachieve just a little bit, but if Jalen Hurts continues to be that guy and continues to develop, then yeah, this team's going to be in this position for a long time. All right. Now, this one's going to be interesting. Uh, the Commanders, uh, maybe the Commanders. Have they decided they're going to be the Commanders for this year? Who cares? If I could not talk about a team, this would be the team I don't want to talk about. There's pieces on the defense like Chase Young, Montez Sweat, like at John Payne. There's this is solid front on this defense at the very least. They've got some some pretty good guys uh, in on that front. The offense has Terry McLaurin is one of the better um, one of the better receivers in the league, but it starts to get tricky after that. And the question is, is Jacoby Brissett going to be able to be the guy again and continue to be that quarterback? It's high expectations on him, and I think he's good. I just don't know if he's amazing. The thing is, I think expectations are going to be higher than they probably should be in Washington because they had more success than I think they necessarily should have last year. And this division's still really, really tough. Like Dallas is still very good. Philadelphia's still very good. You gotta play them twice. The Giants, especially if Saquon Barkley's there, they're no gimme. That's 
six hard games, but finishing last in the division means that they are going to have a slightly weaker schedule this year. Maybe they can take advantage of that, but mixed feelings, let's say. Okay. Okay. Uh, moving on to the uh, NFC West, the Cardinals. Oh boy, this team had a wild offseason that included their coach getting fired and then leaving the country for a bit. They oh, all right. They have a new coach. Uh, it's the Phillies or the Eagles' uh, defensive coordinator, Jonathan Cannon. Uh, another young head coach. He's only forty. Uh, so he'll be making his way into the, into the league onto a team that, ooh, I don't know, I don't know. They have high expectations of Kyler Murray, and they should have high expectations of Kyler Murray. But now they're without their best receiver. Their best receiver is now Marquise Brown. Ask Lamar Jackson how that feels. Not that he's bad, but, but you know. He's maybe not the guy you want to have as your number one receiver. He, he, um, the defense is all right. I really do like Buda Baker, their safety. They just lost their other safety in a trade. I, yeah, I don't know. It's going to take, they, they added a big draft pick. Paris Johnson looks like a very, very good offensive lineman. If he can slot in, that should be able to right the ship a little bit in that, in that department. But this team needs a lot of work uh, in order to get back. And I think this division had a down year last year. We'll see if they can pick it back up. But at very least, you got a very, very tough San Francisco squad. And, yeah, uh, I it's going to come down to whether or not Kyler Murray can bounce back from a uh, Really disappointing uh, year last year. Maybe it's just need they need a coaching change. Maybe they just need a new person calling the plays and trying to figure out something for Kyler specifically. But um, yeah, there's going to be high expectations there on him specifically. I don't. LA Rams have one of the best receivers in the league in Cooper Cup. They have one of the best. Defensive players in the league in Aaron Donald. There's some other pieces here that are pretty good, but this team is, they were built specifically for that championship. And now we're at the pay the piper part of this. And it turns out paying the piper, not very fun. They <laughs> should have had the sixth overall pick in the draft. Instead, that was given to Detroit <clears throat> for. Matt Stafford. Uh, Matt Stafford last year looked shaky and then got hurt. They have gone out and drafted their quarterback of the maybe future in the fourth round in Stetson Bennett, who is fresh off of a championship, two straight championships with the Georgia Bulldogs. There's big questions as to whether or not he's going to be able to translate at the NFL level. If he's coming in this season, that's not a great sign. <laughs> of how this season is going, but we will see because I'm not optimistic when it comes to the Rams. There's still a lot of holes in that roster. The San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are still very, very good at what they do. They're, the talent on the roster is very, very clear. 
The only question I would say is, can Brock Purdy be the quarterback they need him to? They don't need him to be amazing because this roster is, you know, very, very good. Offense, Debo Samuel is is a, an incredibly talented gadget player. Um, Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey. If he stays healthy, he's great. Kyle Juszczyk is the best fullback in, in football still. George Kittle is maybe probably the best tight end. The line is still pretty good. The defense is still quite solid. Nick Bosa, obviously, uh, is a beast. But... Yeah, you're going to be asking a lot of Brock Purdy to be that game manager. And he broke out last year and was he was all right. Um, but, you know, seventh round pick. The, and now he's coming back from a UCL tear, which for a quarterback is not great. Um, and they've got Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen in that log in that room as well. One of those guys, they're going to want to step up to be the quarterback that they need to just keep things going for the rest of this team to, to be able to keep humming. We'll see what happens. I mixed feelings about the 49ers, but I do still think they're the class of this division. Okay. All right. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith surprised a lot of people. I always thought there was something more to what Geno Smith had. I don't think, I, again, if this team has expectations of the Super Bowl, then that is just not going to happen. But good receiving core. Still waiting to see if, if Noah Fant can be that tight end that they wanted to be. The running backs, they need somebody to emerge of that group. They've got a couple of rookies in. Maybe somebody's going to be able to step in in that regard. There's still some questions in the offensive line, though it's certainly improving. They had high draft picks. They were able to pick uh, Devin Witherspoon fifth overall. Thank you, Denver. So that is immediately going to help out a secondary that... But it still used some help, despite the fact that they do have Jamal Adams, who, you know, despite everything, some regression is still an excellent safety. A lot of pieces to like on the Seahawks. I just don't... They need somebody to emerge to push it over the edge, and personally, I think that might be uh, the ground game. I think need somebody there needs to step up in order for this team to sort of push themselves further and emerge in that way that they want to. Moving over to the NFC North. Uh, I know you live with a Bears fan. This one's going to be interesting. This roster is real bad. Um, and that's not surprising. They went out and got Tremaine Edmonds, who I think is going to help them shore up their defense in a big way. They were able to get some, a big haul from Carolina, who were desperate to get their quarterback in the future. They've started to use those picks and to develop uh, or to get some guys. Uh, they're hoping that Darnell Wright can be um, the guy who starts that rebuild of their offensive line that desperately needs it. The big thing for the Bears, again, this is not a season where you're looking like go to the Super Bowl. The big thing for the Bears is they need to see more 
positive progress from Justin Fields. If they see that, that's a successful season. If not, this could be a tough time for the Bears because they really... It's tough because, yeah, you want to be that quarterback. They added DJ Moore as part of that trade with Carolina. He's an excellent receiver, but... Yeah, there's still some pieces missing with this team. And we'll, if Justin Fields can emerge and take some positive steps, that's a win. If not, the rebuild's still going for Chicago, and they it's been a long time coming. Or it's been a long road, and it could be a long road ahead. The Detroit Lions. I don't know how to make the heads or tails of the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff looked about as great as Jared Goff has looked in his career last year which I think would surprise Ram fans, certainly. He ended up emerging and looking solid as a quarterback. Like He was, he was quite great. They've got a very good backup in Teddy Bridgewater, so I think there's, there's stability in that regard. They're trying to add some pieces on offense. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown looks like he could be a big deal wide receiver. He could emerge as like an excellent, excellent wide receiver. They are continuing to build that offensive line that I think is starting to look pretty good. Penny Sewell um, is a nice compliment for an excellent center in Frank Ragno. They're only going to continue to add pieces to that. The defense is slowly starting to come together. I do think they want a little bit more there to show a little bit more there this season. They were able to, uh, continue to get a couple nice draft picks. They drafted Jameer Gibbs, uh, a very rare running back, a 12th overall, very, very high draft running back. They obviously see huge things in him. And maybe he can help take some of that pressure off of, off of Jared Goff. And this team was a win away from the playoffs last year, which was surprising to everybody. But yeah, I don't see a way where they've gotten really worse. So I'm not ready to say that they're going to take take a step down. There's no guarantees that Goff is going to be able to return to that same form, but yeah, interesting road ahead for for Detroit. The Green Bay Packers, how do they recover? Don't know. They need somebody in that quarterback room to step up and look good. That is a success for this season. Does Jordan Love... Can he emerge as a guy who looks like he could be a quarterback? If not him, they've got a couple other young quarterbacks, unsung heroes in Sean Clifford and Alex McGough. Good luck, boys. Um, There are still things to like about this team. Aaron Jones is still an excellent running back. Um, The offensive line isn't great, but they still have David Bakhtiari, who's still excellent. There's some good pieces on defense. I still like Kenny Clark. Uh, Rashawn Gary is an excellent uh, linebacker. And a couple secondary pieces. Jared Alexander is an excellent, excellent cornerback. There's good pieces on this team. I think they're going to continue to try to develop things, continue to try to build on... I mean, it's a it's a new future for them. We're We're past the era of having... Hall of Fame quarterbacks, which has been an era that's happened basically my entire life. I think Favre took over that job in 92 or 93. 92, I think. 
And since then, they've had Hall of Fame caliber quarterback play. Good luck, Jordan Love. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, they called themselves. They really they called themselves frauds last year. Um, Kirk Cousins is. Eh, he's fine. The problem with Kirk Cousins is he is a quarterback that despite the fact that he has a receiver who can cast catch passes in triple coverage, still gets scared to throw into coverage. He's just not that type of quarterback. Well, Justin Jefferson's that type of receiver. If he's covered, he's open. There's and Despite the fact that there are, you know, some things to like about this team, there's positives. I really do think losing Dalvin Cook really hurts this team. And if you want to talk about a team that had a lot of success last year, that I think a lot of people would be saying, don't be surprised if Minnesota misses the playoffs this year. I don't know that I don't know that they're quite there because I don't know if there's another team that's ready to seize the division from them. But this could be like they were already a surprising 13 and 4 last year, so this could be definitely a step down and this whole division might be pretty open. Moving out of the division into the NFC NFC South, Atlanta Falcons. So that is an interesting situation. The defense still needs some work. There are pieces, but it's still there. It still needs a bit of building. The offense has some guys. Bijan Robinson, they just drafted. He is an excellent, excellent running back. Drake London looks like an excellent, excellent receiver. Kyle Pitts, if they can get the ball back to him into his hands, is a game-changing tight end. The question is going to be, can Desmond Ritter emerge to be that love starting caliber quarterback. The success of this season is going to be, is Desmond Ritter able to emerge at that level? He had a few starts last year. He looked okay. Now they're going to be asking a lot more of him. Can he pull that off? We will have to wait and see. Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers moved heaven and earth to get their quarterback of the future in Bryce Young. Which means that an already depleted roster is even more depleted. Um, they've got some guys who are okay. I like DJ Chark and Adam Thielen as like reliable enough receivers for Young to throw at. I think Chuba Hubbard could emerge, another Canadian, by the way, could emerge as a pretty decent running back. But, oh boy, this team is still a few years away, at very least. Bryce Young, uh, he's got Andy Dalton in there behind him. The big thing for this year, absorb everything, learn, grow, try not to get hit a bunch. That's And that's basically what you're going to be able to do. I, there are pieces of this team that I do like. They're, uh, they've got some pretty good defenders in particular in the secondary, but like, yeah, this is, this is going to be a year of can Bryce Young be, how good can he be? The New Orleans Saints. Um, New Orleans is betting big on Derek Carr emerging to be that quarterback. They brought him in. He's going to be the starter over Jameis Winston. They still have the guys from before that we've been talking about for a long time, and Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. 
The defense still has some of the similar pieces. This is a division that could be used to be grabbed. You could steal this division, and they're definitely a team that could steal this division. I think, honestly, on paper, New Orleans might be the favorite, but that's saying something. This division is is real bad. Um, but, yeah, if Derek Carr can prove to be the quarterback that they want him to be and they can build an offense sort of around him, maybe there's something here. I still have questions about Dennis Allen as a head coach, but we'll wait and see. And finally, Kyle, the last team we're going to talk about, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are in the post-Brady era. (laughs) Oh, that's a tough era for Tampa Bay, let me tell you. Start with the positives, because I like to do that. They still have an excellent pair of receivers. Mike Evans is still a beast of a receiver. And Chris Godwin, also a very, very strong receiver back there. They still have some good pieces in the offensive line. Um, I like a couple of their defenders. Vita Vea, I'm a fan of. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're trying so hard. Their starting quarterback is Baker Mayfield, man. Like no love for the Baker, bro. No love for the Baker. This is his last chance to prove yeah, that he can I'll be say. <laughs> a big time NFL starter. This is a winnable division. There are good players all over this roster. Good luck, man. And the reality is the Tampa Bay also. They're they're pretty all in on Baker because let me tell you something. Kyle Trask and John Wolford are not going to be the ones who are going to save this team and get them to the playoffs. Playoffs are still a possibility, but it, it, playoffs means Baker Mayfield coming back to being the Baker Mayfield that was able to lead the Browns to the playoffs. And that Baker Mayfield was from 2020. Which feels like a long time ago. Because it was. It does. <laughs> well, Kyle, with all that being said, I think that wraps Friday morning lights for September. Uh, before we get out of here, I do want to like throw uh, a little bit of a update on the schedule out. Uh, we are going to have two editions of over under this month, uh, considering that we have a five month uh, or sorry, a five week month uh, in September. So you're going to get the conclusion of the WWE list, the 25 uh, WWE superstars that uh, Kyle, myself, and Mick did not talk about. Uh, You're also going to get an over-under where Kyle and I talk about the first 25 AEW superstars. Um, And that's going to come out, I believe, week three or week two. I'm not sure exactly. Week five? I don't know. Um, And then, of course... uh, Kyle and I are going to sit down and do a a wallop roundup. Uh, Kyle, we've got a lot of pay-per-views to talk about. We sure do. This is a a busy, busy month. Absolutely. So with all that being said, Kyle, why don't you send the fine folks who listen to this all the way to the end home happy. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you, and you have been lit. You've been listening to a Wallop Media Podcast.
You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.